you are listening to the Pleasant View Baptist Church preaching podcast. We hope today's message will be a blessing to you and your family. Thank you for taking time to listen to our preaching podcast. Last week we began a study on um, uh, church still works. Um, church still works. And um, I hope that was a help to you last week. Last week we uh, we turned our Bibles to Acts chapter number 2, verses 41 through 47, and we talked about the right kind of church. Um, we talked about what God's church looks like and that God's church um, has the right message, um, that it has the right membership, the right methodology, um, and the right master. Um, so that's what we looked at last week. So tonight, I'm going to begin tonight. There is no way, shape, form, or fashion, I'll even come close uh, to attempting to finish this tonight, and I'm not even going to. Um, there's just no way. Um, um, I dug back into my Bible college on some things and um, pulled out some notes from it, and I actually listened uh, on YouTube to some old Bible college um, that I was in when we talked about some of this, some of these same things. And um, and I'm just gonna tonight. What I'm probably gonna do tonight is I've got a lot of notes written down, but I'm probably gonna brain dump on you right here um, everything that I've got on my mind tonight um, about this topic right here. Why am I a Baptist? Why am I a Baptist? But before I do, there's something I want to do. I'm going to give you an opportunity real quick, all right? Um, If you want to. It may go silent right here, and that's perfectly fine. But I want to hear where your thoughts are before we, it's just us. Look look around. It ain't like you're going to embarrass anybody because ain't nobody here to be embarrassed about, all right? Um, I want to ask you this question. Why are you a Baptist? Does anybody want to answer the question of why you are a Baptist? Why, or answer this question, why is there Baptist on the church sign? I have no idea. I, hey, you say, I can't believe he said that. That right there is the best comment anybody could have made. He said, I ain't got no idea. I like it. Before I went to Bible college, Lord already called me to preach. Before I went to Bible, well, no, I guess I started going to Bible college right before, but it was along that same line. Before I got serious in Bible college, Brother Grady, I had no idea. And the Lord had already called me to preach. So I went to preach. I was a Baptist preacher and didn't even know why I was a Baptist preacher, Miss Mike. So I get it. Anybody else want to say anything? Anybody, I put it this way. By a show of hands, anybody agree with what Brother Grady said? All right. Okay, good deal. All right, we're going to talk about it over the next couple of weeks of why I'm a Baptist. Now, I want you, after we go through this study, I don't want you to go to someone and when somebody says, what kind of church do you go to? And you say, I go to a Pleasant View Baptist church. I go to a Baptist church. I'm a Baptist. When you answer that question, I don't want you after this study um, to be able to look at them and say, I believe the Baptist church is best. That's good, but that's kind of like a catch-all. You know, I, uh, that's what we say, I believe the Baptist church is right, but that don't really answer the question. That just really kind of throws us under a, a, a an umbrella of I believe. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that, but I want you to know that the Baptist church is the right church. Um, I heard a preacher say this one time, if you wasn't a Baptist, what would you be? You know what he said? Ashamed. 
if I wasn't a Baptist, I'd be ashamed. And I'm going to share some thoughts with you. Now, here, during this study, um, a few things I'm not going to do. I'm not going to bash any denominations. Um, I, I'm going to call out a few, probably. I'm going to show, I'm, I'm probably going to call them out, not by name, but there's some in shouting distance of the church that could probably hear it um, and probably needs to. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, I'm not going to do that. I just want you to be this right, to do this right here and have this mindset here, uh, of, of I'm a Baptist because, and I want you to be able to understand that and know why you go to a Baptist church. Uh, and I hope this helps you. I really do. So it's going to take us several weeks just today alone. I, I don't know how many pages. There's at least, I know of one thing I, that I cut out. Miss Morgan may have saw it on there. I had 32 pages of notes, Miss Mina, on one. I cut all that out. It wasn't notes. It was more of a something I found, and I was like reading from it. But I could, I literally could have went at after every period, put a space, and I could have taught that right there. Just down through this, and it would have been solid. Um, but I, I want to talk about why am I a Baptist. And so... Why am I a Baptist? And that's important to understand if we're going to talk about church still works, we've got to understand why we're a Baptist church. Uh, we really need to understand that before we go any further. Um, but I want to bring a thought to your mind about this. There's two ways that we, need, that, that we go through life. There's two logics that we have of life. There's two logics that we have of our Bible. There's two logics we have of the church, of everything. And it's these two right here. You ready? A logic of faith versus a logic of deceit. The Lord wants us to have a logic of faith, but the devil wants us to have a logic of deceit. Now, I forgot to put a reference in here, but I want to quote a verse, of, not quote a verse of Scripture, but I want to give you a verse of Scripture um, that I've seen um, um, here today, and I put it in my phone, but I did not put it in my outline, and I just noticed it. Um, but um, Romans chapter number 14, verse number 23. He that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. But whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I, I, I'm, we're going to talk about here, hopefully get to it tonight. I don't know if we will or not. But I can take this Bible to you tonight and prove it to you that the Bible is the authorized Word of God by using science. We can prove it. We can prove it by using mathematics. We can prove it by using archaeology. We can, we can use it by, using, by uh, being historical. Um, tonight, mostly what I'm going to look at tonight is why we are Baptist, I'm going to look at the historical side of it, um, of why we are Baptist, where the Baptists came from. We're going to look at it historically. But before we even get there, you've got to have the faith um, in what you believe. Um, the Bible, look what the Bible says. He that doubteth is damned, he, if he eat because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now, I, and I'm here to tell you, I had to repent of some things today. I've said this right here before. I go to a Baptist church, carry a King James Bible because my grandpa told me to. 
Is that good? That's, that's perfectly fine. But if that's the only reason that I do it, the Bible just told me here in Romans that that's sin. I got to have faith that the Baptist church is right. I got to have faith that the King James Bible is right. If not, I got sin in my life. Bible just said it. It's not my words. It's the Bible's word. Whatsoever is not a faith is sin. So if you go to church because you feel, make yourself feel, feel good that you go to church, that's going to church and you've got sin in your life. We got to have faith that the reason we go to church is because God told us to go to church. The reason I'm faithful to the house of God is because God told me to. we got to have faith. So if we're ever going to believe, or if we're ever going to know that the Baptist is right, first of all, we got to have faith that the Baptist is right. Before we can ever prove that they're right, we got to have the faith that Baptist is right. That's what the Bible says right there. But I want to look at some things right here of, of the Baptist. Um, uh, look over here, and I, I don't have time. I'm not going to be able to turn to every reference, or uh, we'll be stuck all night. But when you read the Great Commission, when you read the Great Commission over in Matthew and Mark, there is some requirements of the Great Commission. Go ye to all the world, preach the gospel, baptize, and then it also says uh, to teach those who believe to observe all things whatsoever Christ doeth. There's requirements of the Great Commission to preach the gospel to all nations. Go ye to all the world, preach the gospel. That's a requirement of, of the church. That's the requirement um, uh, uh, that Jesus give um, some of his last words here on earth that he give to his followers to go, to go preach the word. So uh, a right church, they're going to preach the word. We talked about that a little bit last week. Baptize. The word Baptist does not come from John the Baptist. How, and be honest, how many people thought the word Baptist came from John the Baptist? I'm with you, Miss Mina. I did too. When I was younger, I thought Baptist came from John the Baptist. I did. I'm, I'm just being, I'm showing you my ignorance, Brother Zach. I, I believe that he did. And so, but it doesn't. Um, actually, John the Baptist in the Bible, just the word Baptist right there actually just stands for forerunner because he was the forerunner for Christ. Um, that's what his job was. He was the one crying in the wilderness. Um, but anyway, the word Baptist, actually, we get it from, uh, uh, because we baptize. Um, we believe as Baptists, we believe in baptism um, by submersion. When my boys were little, I didn't bring them up for the church and sprinkle water on them, Miss Mina. We don't believe in infant baptism. We, we laugh and we, we, it's kind of comical that we talk, but it's true. There's some people that truly believe that if they take their child in front of a church, have the priest sprinkle water on them, then they're saved. No matter how they live their life, no matter what comes out in their life, as long as they profess their sins, they're saved because they got baptized. That's what they believe. They believe they'll go to heaven because of that. And that's, that, there, there's, no, there, there, there's no truth in that. Now, when my child, when our kids were born, there came a day uh, when we decided we didn't do it in front of the church. We'd done it kind of to the side. We asked our pastor, and we'd done it, was it before service or after service for both of them? I can't remember now. So one was before and one was after. That's why I couldn't remember. It was one of both. We actually done it before a Sunday night service. We did ask our families to come. Um, so we had just a few people there in the service, and we took Colt and we took Kyler, and we give them back to the Lord. Um, just And we done that because that's what Hannah done uh, to Samuel there in the book of 1 Samuel. She gave her child back to the Lord. There's, they're, they're the Lord's. They're my kids, yes. Do I Am I responsible for raising them? Am I responsible for teaching them? Absolutely. 
um, uh, the reason, one of the main reasons, and the, one, probably the top reason of why we homeschool our children is because the Bible says train a child up in the way that she should go. He or she should go. Or I'm not quoting exactly right, but you know what I mean by that. Train them up. It didn't say public school train them. It didn't say grandma and grandpa train them. It's talking to the parents there to train up a child. It's our job to train them. So we chose to train our children. Now, there's other reasons, but we ain't going into that tonight. Um, but anyway, we gave them back to the Lord. Um, and, but anyway, we believe in baptism by submersion. Um, um, come, this coming um, spring, uh, as soon as it gets warm, Colt got saved this past year. Um, he professed to be saved, so we're going to baptize him. Lila, I was saying Caitlin the whole time, I'm looking at Caitlin. Lila got saved this past summer, or this, sometime this past year. I don't remember the exact day. We're May 17th, is that what you said? It was my birthday. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was my birthday. But anyway, she got saved um, that day. And so what we're going to do, Brother Grady, we're going to find us a spot in a creek. And when I baptize them, I'm not going to baptize them and give them a little splash. They're going under. They're, they're, we're going to fully submerge and fully bring back to life. Um, and there's a lot of, um, and sometime before then, I'll actually do a lesson or do a, a study on the doctrine of baptism. I've got a good outline on that. The Lord blessed me to have. And so I'll share it with you and hope that'll be a blessing to you. Um, but anyway, we bless where the word Baptist comes from because we believe in that. But we also, um, there, and I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but we also believe that um, uh, we can trace, um, uh, uh, that we can trace ourselves all the way back to the apostles. That's what the Baptists believe, is that they can trace themselves all the way back to the apostles. Before we get there, let me share you a few things. The apostle church in the early days, they did the recommendations, they did the requirements of the Great Commission. Um, they, they preached the gospel, they baptized, and they taught um, all who believed to reserve all things whoever, whosoever Christ commanded. Um, the churches they founded believed to be composed in regenerated persons. Um, it is evident that, and we can, we can see evidence of this in the Word of God, when you go to the New Testament and you read about the church, um, what are the churches of the New Testament? What are they? The church of Ephesus, the church of Galatia, uh, the church of, uh, of Corinth, the church of uh, 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 Thessalonica. You've got those churches. Um, um, so in those writings, when you read what Paul was doing, um, Paul does this right here, and they refer to themselves as believers, as saints, as quickened, the faithful, the redeemed, the sanctified, the saved. Um, the, the, apostolic, the apostolic churches were also independent bodies. Um, uh, that is, they were separate from the state and they were separate from each other. Um, that's where I believe in the fundamental independent Baptist. Um, uh, and not believe, but I know that the Word of God lines up that each church was independently their own church. Um, uh, yes, the, the letters that were written to each church um, could be passed on to another church to teach them lessons, um, but that letter was written to that church to help them with their problems. They stood alone. Um, um, they, nowhere in the New Testament do you find um, where um, uh, Paul told Timothy to go to um, Ephesus and share with um, the people at Thessalonica what they were doing at Ephesus that was working. He never tells them to do that. Um, he, they're, they're independently on their own. They're governed on their own. They've got their own people. We believe that. Um, I, that's why I don't believe in the, the association. Um, there's several associations, more than just the Southern Baptist Association, 
there is, I think, there's 400 different Baptist associations in the world. Now, some of those are, are separated by regions. Some of those are separated by um, um, languages. They're different. There's different thoughts of why they're separated. But I don't think that, 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 that they are allowed to govern the church. This church, Pleasant View Baptist Church, we answer to God. I don't answer to another man anywhere. I don't answer to a board. I answer to God. You don't answer to, to, to a board. You answer to God. Um, that's what the Bible shows here. Um, uh, the Bible does show that, um, that, these, that they were separate bodies. Look what he talked about. The church of Jerusalem, the church at Antioch, the church of Smyrna, um, uh, um, the churches, the churches of, of Mesopotamia or the, uh, of Macedonia, the churches of Asia, all the churches. They are represented as an electing their own officers admitting, expelling, and restoring members and acting as distinct independent bodies. We, can I tell you what we can do tonight? Um, if, if there was someone here that's been faithful to church, um, uh, they profess to be saved, they're living the right lifestyle, they're not living in open sin, can I tell you what we can do? We can post an open doors of the church and they can join the church. We can do that because we stand independently on their own. Can I tell you something else that we can do tonight? I hope we, I pray to God that we never have to do this. And I hope you help me pray that we never have to do this. But there'll come a time where we may have to church somebody. Um, um, and what that means is we have to dismiss them out of the fellowship of the church. Um, if they're living in some type of sin or they're living in a different... There's so many... There's, there's hundreds of different reasons of why we would have to dismiss them, but it all boils down to sin. Ultimately, I can't... Can I tell you what? I have no authority to dismiss, to dismiss Brother Zach because he's a Carolina fan and I'm a Duke fan. I can't do that. I don't, I don't have the authority to do that. Um, but it, but if, if, if Brother Zach uh, ends up running around on his wife, I hope he don't do that, but I'm using him as an example. I hope he don't kill me. He doesn't put his arm around her. We're all in good shape tonight. If he goes and runs around on his wife and he does not, and he, okay, and he doesn't apologize or he doesn't, there's no remorse, and there will come a time where we're going to have to dismiss him out of the field. Now, we're not dismissing Caitlin. Where she, 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 she ain't done nothing wrong. But that comes, comes a time where Zach, if he's not willing to confront his sin and he continues on in his lifestyle, guess what we got to do? We, gotta, we, have to, we have to vote him out of his position as a, uh, of the unvoted in position. We have to vote him out of the position of taking care of the, uh, the sound. We got to get, I'm scared him to death. He's over here shaking. He's going to be sweating by the end of service. But what I mean, there comes a time where we have to do that. There also comes a time where Brother Zach's messed up. We dismissed him out of the fellowship of the church. He gets right with his wife. He gets right with his wife. A man goes right there. He gets right with his wife, and he's taking care of her. He's doing the right things. He comes to the church. He stands before the church and apologizes. That's a biggie. Stands before the church and apologizes. The church, we've already forgiven him, because that's what we're supposed to do. we already forgiven him. Guess what we do? We restore him. That's part of the church. The Baptist church believes all that can be handled within these four walls. That's what the Word of God, using the Word of God, you can prove all that. But anyway, let me move on. I'm not going to get nowhere near this. Um, if you look today at the Baptist church, you look at Pleasant View Baptist Church and the way we run things. It is very, very close. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. Will we ever be perfect? No. If you're here to look for a perfect church, you, 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 it's just, I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're not there. There's, there uh, the perfect church does not exist. It doesn't. Um, everybody's looking around for a perfect church these days. They don't exist. They're imperfect. Can I tell you what I want to be a part of? An imperfect church. If I find a church perfect, I better not join it because I'm going to make it imperfect. 
um, if you know what I mean by that. Um, but anyway, um, um, but if you were to look at the church today and look at Pleasant View Baptist Church and how we run things, you would notice, if you compare it to the Word of God, you would notice that there are a lot of similarities between our church and their church. There's a lot of similarities the way I run things and the Word of God. Can I tell you why? Because God told us to. That's how He shows it. The Baptist church, the way Baptist churches are conducted, are as close to the apostolic churches um, as we can get. Um, um, the, 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 I'm going to get somewhere. Um, they had no magnificent cathedrals. You study out the Baptist church history, there's no immaculate cathedrals. There's no glorious array of priesthood. All we do as preachers, we put on a suit and tie. We believe in wearing our very best to church. My very, can I tell, let me tell you why I wear a suit and tie to church? I believe that this outfit right here, Miss Mina, is the very best in my culture of what I can put on. Now, if I was from Durka Durkistan, and I was a Baptist preacher from Durka Durkistan, you know what, Brother Zach? I'm probably going to have a little thing on my head because that's, you know, that's part of, of their culture. And that's probably the way they dress. You show up over there in a suit and tie, if they're Baptist, they're probably going to accept you, but they're probably going to look at you a little about, side, about half sideways because they don't know what a suit and tie. They don't understand what's so important about it. But for us, the very best dress that we can do is this. I've heard this said before, and I agree with this. If I was going to, if I was going to go meet the president tonight, I'd step on his toes. I mean, I would wear a suit and tie. Um, uh, but anyway, I, I, you know what I'm saying about that. I'd wear a suit and tie because guess what? He's going to have a suit and tie on. And if the president deserves a suit and tie, don't you think the Lord deserves a suit and tie? That's why I wear a suit and tie behind the pulpit. I feel like this is a sacred desk. I believe and I know. I, don't, I, I need to get myself out of the whole I believe part. I know that this is a sacred desk. This is a holy spot that I'm standing in right here. And in the arm of the flesh, I'll fail him every time. Um, but I, that's why I wear a suit and tie. But anyway, they didn't have any of those glorious priesthoods. There's no rituals that we go through. Yes, we have ordinances of the church. We don't have no rituals that we go through. Um, um, there's no splendid religious shows. Um, um, there's no big pop in music. Um, there's, there's no parade of images or painting. Um, they, we meet quietly. We meet in some upper room or we meet in a, in, a, in a humble sanctuary to sing, to pray, to read, to expound the scriptures and to exhort one another through the faithfulness in the Christian life. Now, I'm going to show you some stuff right here historically. Now, please don't, lose, don't let me lose you. I'm going to give you a lot of stuff right here. If you'll listen quickly, I'll get through it quickly, all right? And we'll get to where I want to get to tonight. Baptist, how many ever heard this right here? Now, be honest. I need you to know. I, I seriously need to know the answer to this. How many of y'all ever heard the phrase Reformation? Who's ever heard of Reformation? All right, Reformation was a, it's a period of religious history um, where a group of what's known as Protestants they raised up against the Roman Catholic Church. So the, immediately following the death of Christ, um, you know, the, go, the gospel was being spread. Um, well, they ended up being, and I, I'm telling you, there's so much I could give you here. We're going to get into the Word of God about all this here in a few minutes. But there was basically, um, after, after the Church of Antioch, the, church, the, the, the apostolic church, um, there was two writings of the Word of God. Well, one writing of the Word of God, but two writings that was out there that they were using as the Bible. They were using as the canonized scriptures of the Bible. Now, in order for a, um, and, and I'll give you this once we get to that point. It's probably not going to be this week. It's probably going to be next week. When we get to this point, I'm going to share it with you. 
but they uh, there was a five-point criteria that they chose in the early church of why each book should be in the Word of God. So the question goes up like this. What about the Gospel of Thomas? What about the book of Maccabees? What about, um, trying to throw some more out there, the book of Enoch? Um, what about all these Bible characters that have wrote books? Why are they not in the canon of the Scriptures? Why are they not in the King James Bible? Because they didn't meet that five criteria points. And I'll talk to you about those when we get there, when we get to that point of it. We're going to talk about the Word of God and how we know that this is the final authority of the Word of God. We're going to talk about that. Um, uh, but anyway, um, uh, the reason they, they failed the test of those five, there's some of these books that went in without a doubt. Some of these books that are in our canon, they went in without a doubt. I'm trying not, I need to not get off that or I'm going to get on that and I'll be following that down that rabbit hole that I'm not ready to go into yet. Um, but there was reasons they're not in here. Um, and, and I'm going to give you those reasons when we get to that point. But anyway, um, uh, they chose these books. But, but anyway, the Reformation, the, the Roman Catholic Church, there was two texts that was out there. There was no, what's known as the Texas Receptus. The word Texas Receptus simply means this, the received text. The received text. We believe that this is the, 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 the King James Bible is the inspired Word of God. Um, that it is a direct translation for English-speaking people of the direct manuscripts. You study out all the manuscripts that was used to, um, uh, to, to get the Bible into what it is today, 97% of the manuscripts agree with the King James Bible. You get down to the, the, the RSV, the Revised Standard Version, that was created in 1881 by Dr. Westcott and Dr. Hort. You look into that, you're going to find out that less than 50% of the manuscripts agree um, um, with that particular uh uh, with with the, with that translation of the Bible, so um, that's why we believe the King James Bible is 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 the. Oh, there's more to it than that, but anyway, there was two texts: the Texas Receptus, the received text, and then there was a um, uh, uh, um, what is it? The the Alexandrian text. The Alexandrian text came out of Egypt. Now I studied something about Egypt today, and I want you. I challenge you to get to back me up on this, okay? To back me up, you do your own study and figure out this. Show me where in the Bible God sent a missionary to Egypt. I can't find anywhere where God tried to settle. I can't find, I'm brother, brother Zach, I could be missing it by 100 miles. I'm showing you my ignorance tonight. I could be missing it by 100 miles and there may be one. There was people that went to Egypt. We know Abraham went to Egypt, but he didn't go there in the will of God. He even lied when he got there about his wife. Um, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? There, there's different people. But I don't know anywhere in the Bible, Ms. Minor, where someone went to Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. Egypt is corrupt. Ale the Alexandrian text, which is where you get all of your manuscripts for the RSV, or 50% of your manuscripts from the RSV, come from Alexandria. The corrupt text. They come from that text. The Roman Catholic Church led by Constantine in the city of Constantinople, they select this Alexandrian text, they select it, that's their text. Well, there came a time where people revolted. They wanted a reform. They wanted to reform their religion, and the Reformation period started. All of your denominations besides the Baptists can date back to the Reformation, where they pulled out, of the Roman Catholic Church. 
all except the Baptist. The Baptist never joined the Roman Catholic Church because they were a part of the apostolic churches. And they did not follow the Roman Catholic Church. So Baptists cannot trace themselves back to the revolution, or to the, the Reformation, not revolution. We can trace ourselves. I'm about to get there, I promise. Um, but you, we, we, we don't. We don't. We trace ourselves back. Here's an example of what the way the Baptists believe. You know that a river on a map will flow from water to water. But there's sometimes on that map that river don't show up. That stream is underground and hidden. The Baptists, you can trace yourself all the way back using different men who hid during certain times when the Roman Catholics came on. They hid themselves. They went underground. Um, they, they met silently. Um, that was the ones that continued on. Look right here. Um, Baptists can be traced all the way back to the apostolic churches, which are the churches in, in the New Testament. It is true that the line of descent cannot always be traced like a river. I just told you that that, is, that, that, is, um, um, that now and then is in a course, is lost under the surface of the ground, and then it makes its appearance again. Someone said this, Their existence and continuity can be traced down to the ages by the stains of their martyrs' blood and the light of their martyrs' fires. You want a good book to read on Baptist history, I believe it's called The Trail, the, uh, uh, the Trail of Blood or, or something along those lines of all the ones who were martyred because of the Baptist faith. That's a great book to read. I've never read it, but I've heard great things about it. And one day I'm, I may get a, a, a hankling to want to read it. Um, but anyway, um, that would be it's a good book. Um, but anyway, the Baptists have suffered in common with other Christian denominations at the hands of the wicked rulers of the Roman her uh, um, heresy. Um, they have also suffered by themselves in particular views as Baptists at the hands of the Lutherans, um, the Episcopalians, the, the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Presbyterians, and the Congressionalists. Uh, for no one thing more, uh, and what I mean by that is there was only one thing that, that, that really stuck out, the difference between, I've already said this one time, between us and other denominations is the submersion of baptism. We're persecuted more for that. Let me give you a few, a few examples. In Switzerland in 1526, it was ordered that any Baptist, um, uh, any baptized others or submitted to baptism or rebaptism, as they called it, they should be drowned without mercy. In 1532, 300 were burned at the stake um, because of an article that was published the following year that all persons were forbidden to, to harbor Baptist preachers um, um, in Holland. Um, the Baptists refusing to recant um, were to be slain. The torture was, con was uh, consistently resorted to the following. Um, they were stretched on the rack, um, or their thumbs would be, and in, in, they'd, they'd do thumb screws um, uh, were employed where they would put screws through the thumb, and then they would tighten those screws um, until they recanted their statement, or they bled to death because they would start bleeding, um, and they would keep the wounds open to let them bleed to death through their thumbs. Think about that for a minute. Um, what a bad way, what a terrible way to die. Um, uh, the instruments that, that they do the same thing to their ankles, um, and this didn't matter regarding their sex, their station, their, their, their age. Under the Bloody Mary, a, a good portion of the martyr's blood that flowed was from the veins of Baptists, and many passed in, into heaven through fire. Um, and it didn't stop. Even in the early settlements of America, um, uh, the, church was, uh, the church and state were united by law, and the church sustained from taxation and state appropriation in Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Virginia. And persecutions against descenders were violated there. Let me give you a thought on that. In 1620, the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock and they founded the first colony in New England. They were, in, they were independents or congressionalists 
on the board of the Mayflower. They had made a provision for the support of the church and ministry by taxation. How many people know about the Mayflower? All right, I heard about the Mayflower and how they came over here for religious liberties. How many heard that? Can I say this right here? When they got here off the Mayflower, they did not have religious liberties. They set up the same laws they had in England. Set up the exact same laws as they had in England. And they did not have the freedom. They were persecuted for what they were. And they did kill the Indians because the Indians didn't believe in what they did. Um, and so there, there, there's, there's tracks of that. The pilgrims or the Puritans did not come to the country to establish religious liberties. They, they came to establish their own faith. The true Puritans that called them, they, they've known as Puritans. That means they're the pure ones. Um, the ones that you could trace all the way back to the church of Antioch, the Baptists. You want to say it like that? They came and established their own faith, and they even excluded others um, from it. Uh, they were uh, more intolerant in their colonial enactments um, against uh, de uh, descenders than, their, than even England or Holland, um, whence they fled from. Many historians seemingly to fail to notice that many who came to America for religious freedoms instituted the same state church system, persecuting those who did not appear, repenting the sins of the governments they had fled from. In Rhode Island, um, um, was the first colony to have complete religious freedom. Um, um, it was founded by a Baptist named Roger Williams. Rhode Island is full. There's two places that we're going to talk about here that are full of Baptist history, Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Huge, 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 huge uh, um, Baptist uh, depth in those areas. Um, look right here. Williams' life was, um, um, he was for crusade for freedom and a conscience of re uh, religious liberties. He founded Rhode Island in 1636 after purchasing the land from the Indians. Um, a refuge for the religious persecution, Rhode Island became home to the first Jewish synagogue in America and a sanctuary for the Quakers um, uh, who were being persecuted and killed by the anti-Quaker movement in Massachusetts and Rhode Island um, and, in all, and in other colonial territories. Um, Rhode Island was an open door to all people to have a safe harbor in a sea of tyranny and oppression. Um, the colonies, they became, we know that they became states. The Constitution presented a ratification that did not provide the religious liberty. Baptists supported that. Um, the, the Constitution in its whole, um, the, the Baptists, they saw this right here, that the Constitution uh, um, that, had a, that had a ratification that did not provide support for freedom of religion. That's why we have, you want to know why you have the First Amendment? You can thank the Baptists. The Baptist preachers got together. The Baptist churches of the time got together. They went to Congress. They said, listen, this Constitution does not support religious freedoms. That's why the First Amendment to the Constitution was done by the Baptists, was supported by the Baptists. Let me go on and share this with you. Anybody ever heard of the name of James Madison? Anybody know that name? I hope you know that name. That's, that's American history right there. James Madison. He was running for Congress in Virginia against guess who? Roger Williams. Guess who was beating him? Roger Williams. Guess what Roger Williams done? He said, listen, I don't have the voice that you have in Congress, but I'm a man of God. And I know that with your influence and you being a Baptist yourself can transition some things and make some things happen. The day that he had enough votes to win, he dropped out the race, let James Madison win. James Madison went on to make a lot of movements with Roger Williams in the background as a Baptist preacher. Think about that for a second. Bab how deep Baptists are in our, in, in, in our, in our world. 
um, um, Congress urged on by President Washington that they made their first business to consider issues Baptist church were pressing. Um, the Baptist church got to the ear of George Washington. You think about that for a minute. Anyway, the Baptists then are not a brand name um, as so much as it is a historical theological uh, distributor of people who adhere to the biblical authority over human authority and are advocates uh, for religious liberties for all. The Baptist church, you can trace it all the way back to the church of Antioch. That was a quick synopsis of that, okay? Very, very quick. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at some things. I'm going to give you one tonight, um, and then I'm going to dig deeper next week into it. Next week, I'm going to dig deeper into this and give you some more nuggets and some more stuff. And I'm here to tell you, you may want to bring you a notebook next week because I, I, I hope I blow your mind, uh, honestly. Because when I studied this the first time, Brother Zach, my mind, <clears throat> I left Bible college and I got on the phone with Morgan on the way home, on the phone with Miss Morgan on the way home, and she can tell you my brain was mush. And I would be so excited to share different things with her. I'm going to take the next couple of weeks and share that with you. But what we're going to do in order to answer the question of why am I a Baptist? Tonight I showed you historically. We know it all starts out with faith. We've got to have the faith. Um, we've got to know the faith and we've got to believe that what we read in the Word of God is accurate and the fact that it's accurate and it's right, that's why our Baptist church is the closest thing to it, then that's why we believe. It's got to be by faith. We know that. But I showed you historically why I'm a Baptist tonight. I'm going to look at the, we're going to take the word Baptist and we're going to break it down into an acronym and, we're going to, and I'm going to show you using the word Baptist of why I'm a Baptist. And I'm going to go ahead and give you all my points, and then we're going to talk about it. Look, the letter B, and I'm going to give you this tonight, and then we'll, uh, before we leave, I'm going to give you this, and then um, a little thought of it, and then I'll dig in deeper into it next week. B, the Bible is the final authority. I'm going to tell you why I'm a Baptist, because Baptists believe that the Bible is our final authority. Brother Grady, you can believe what you want to. Miss Mina, you can believe what you want to. Brother Zach, you can believe what you want to. Miss Caitlin, you can believe what you want to. Miss Morgan, you can believe what you want to. I can believe what I want to. But the Bible is our final authority. You guys can believe in the Big Bang Theory all you want to. The Bible is the final authority that God said, let there be light, and there was light. That's the final authority. I know that's an extreme example, but we believe the Bible is the final authority. We believe in the anatomy of the local church for the letter A. We believe in the priesthood of the individual believer. We believe, for the letter T, we believe in two offices, um, the pastor and the deacon, um, letter, the letter I. We, we believe in individual soul liberty. You have a free will. That's what the Baptists believe. You have a free will. Number, uh, the letter S, number S, you heard me about to say that. The letter S, we're going to talk about the saved membership and the security of the believer. We, we believe with another, the second letter T in two ordinances. Baptism by immersion and communion. You notice foot washing wasn't in there? Foot washing is not a is 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 not a ordinance of the church. There's a lot of people believe that foot washings are an ordinance of the church. They're not. There's nothing biblical about it. Um, foot washings are not a, 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 an ordinance of the church. Baptism by immersion and communion is. And then S, and this is going to be a deep one that we're really going to study, I hope to be able to, the separation of church and state what the Baptists believe, separating church and state. Now, let me clarify. The church is not separated from the state. The state is separated from the church. What I mean by that is the church should have reverence in the, in the, in the, uh, the, the I'm sorry, the church should have reverence 
in the state. And what I mean by that is church people, you, that's you, should raise up to be leaders. You should be congressmen. Congresswomen should come out of the church. Our, uh, our leaders should be church leaders. But the state cannot come into the church and do anything to the church. They have to leave the church alone. That's what the Baptists believe. That's the Baptist. So we're going to talk about all this. But to, I'm going to give you an introduction tonight on the Bible is our final authority. We are not bound by tradition or board decisions or, uh, 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 or degrees or any other extra biblical books. We take the Bible as our only rule for faith and practice. We teach that the scriptures are sufficient for all things and God's had provided us with everything necessary to nurture and sustain spiritual life in the scriptures. That means we are committed to teaching and to counseling directly and exclusively from the Word of God. We teach that secular psychology does not have a legitimate role in the sanctification of the believer. Look what the Bible says, and here's my uh, overall text tonight that I really wanted to get to. Um, I never made it to Revelation. We'll get there next week. Um, but re uh, Hebrews chapter number 4, verse number 12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder, soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is discerned of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is quick, powerful, and sharp. Let me give you three things right here, and I'll be done. About the Word of God. We're going to dig into it deeper next week. Three things about the Word of God. The Word of God is living in nature. In nurture, is, is living in its nature. The Word of God is living in its nature. The Word right there says, for the, for the Word of God is quick. That word quick does not mean swift. That word quick does not mean that it's fast. The word quick does not mean it's lightning. That word quick means to be made alive. That means the Word of God is living. You want to know why it's the final authority? Because this is a living organism that we hold in our hand. Um, uh, um, there's an old song that says, This blessed old book that I hold in my hand, it's true from beginning to end. Um, uh, it's a blessed old... I don't, I'll have to sing it to you, but I don't want to say it. This blessed old book that I hold in my hand, it's true from beginning to end. It's a solid foundation where I firmly stand. Sin kept me from it, now it keeps me from sin. That's the blessed old book that I hold on hand. It's alive and it's well tonight. Let me just give you some thoughts right here about the Bible. This Bible was inscribed over a period of 2,000 years by kings, tax collectors, fishermen, singers, and shepherds. By, uh, it was a marvel that a, a library so perfectly cohesive could have been produced by such a, uh, a period of time over 2,000 years across three continents. Three continents, 2,000 years, and everything line up perfectly. Miss Bonnie, if you wrote this book from Genesis to Revelation, it would be a miracle that you would get it all right and that you would make it all line up. Brother Grady, if you were to write this book right here from Genesis to Revelation, it would be a miracle that you would get it right all the way. But 40 men wrote the Word of God and it lines up perfectly. You'll never find a fault. You'll never find a failure. This is our final authority because it's living in nature. Not only is it, or it's living in its nature. But look right here. Not only is it living, but the Word of God is powerful in its operation. The Word of God is powerful. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's a powerful. This Word is like, everybody do this right here. Take your hand, put it in front of your face. And quote, and repeat after me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. How many of you felt that? Did you feel it? Can I say there another? It's the very breath of God. When you're living right, you're living close enough to God, you're going to feel the power from, the bre- from His very breath when you read these words. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's living in, in, its, in its nature. It's powerful in its operation. And let me give you this right here. It's final in its judgment. It's final in its judgment. That's the Word of God now. We're going to dig in deeper. Okay, I promise you, next week, you want to be faithful, church. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this right here. The Why Am I Baptist? We're going to look at the letter B, that the Bible, number one, Why Am I Baptist, Miss Mina? Because the Bible is the final authority for Baptists.